0: finally back in the studio finally back i'm off the hambo express checked into the studio once more it's been many many months folks many many months since i've uh i've uh, checked into the old studio sat down plunked my seat on the on the chair there and pulled up the microphone and uh decided to give it an old shot the studio uh Studio version of the Ham Palace. Thanks for listening. Well, as you can tell by the intro, uh, that song is by the great band Survivor. Uh, The reason I'm putting uh, that song as the intro, not the usual intro music, uh, is that the lead singer from Survivor, uh, Mr. Jimmy Jameson, Sounds like a drink. Uh, give me some of that. Jimmy Jameson, okay? Give me a shot of that. Um, it's very sad news. He uh, he died of a heart attack um, due to complications from methamphetamines. And uh, that's a very sad thing because the man recorded some great music. Um, a lot of the music that I really connect with uh from uh Rocky four mostly uh, is uh the you know in the Burning Heart or Hearts on Fire. Actually Hearts on Fire is a different band I think. Yeah it was. Um <laughs> 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 uh, He did also did uh, a song in the in Credit Kid. Um but yeah most most of the songs that I really like of his with him singing in, in the lead were were from Rocky 4. And uh High on You. Um I guess I the Tiger was sung by uh, a different singer, uh Dave uh Dave Bickler, which uh, I I didn't I thought Dave Bickler was the singer throughout the whole the whole uh Whole time, but no, it's this guy, uh, Jimmy Jameson, that sang a lot of the big hits. A lot of the hits from uh, one of my favorite uh, albums, uh, Vital Signs, Um, American Heartbeat, it's a a really fun song. Um, I think Can't Hold Back is one of their uh, traditional ones that you hear in the radio a lot. But uh, I tell you, a lot of these songs uh have a really strong feel um yeah they're they're poppy yeah they're a little cheesy um and most of the time they're talking about what's going on in the street for some reason I was talking to a friend of mine and he, he commented on that that everything's like taking it to the streets <laughs> and, and about every song which is really funny it says something about the writing but uh yeah i mean the thing about that music, I was like, you know, I would pop maybe a tape in my in my Walkman, maybe when I was in college or high school, and I would go for a run and listen to at least one of those songs. Uh, I know I'd listen to "I Are the Tiger," and I definitely had Rocky Four, uh, the Rocky Four soundtrack in my in my uh, good old Walkman there. But uh, this is really sad news. Uh, that uh, he had a heart attack, and uh, he was very talented, and uh, well, yeah, he'll be missed. That's uh, that's a real downer right there. He was sixty-three, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's sad. It, it's uh, you know that's the kind of talent that you just listen to again and again over the years, and it's it stands the test of time because just the positive. Uh, Go get them energy that that band and, and that that singer, just really motivated me to to run the extra mile or to to feel I don't know feel positive. It just it would bring up my mood immediately, and I'm I'm attracted to music like that. I think that's part of the reason why I never really got into grunge too much. is because, uh, I you know grunge can kind of bring me down, and whereas you know, music like this or Eddie Money, like fun pop music can kind of elevate my soul a little bit not that I have anything against sadder songs I definitely, trust me I definitely have appreciation for sad songs and blues uh, but uh, yeah, I tell you there's nothing nothing like a good poppy, feel good 80s song to kind of get the blood going and uh, to get me moving Um, so that's that. Um, I'm going to move on to the next bit of, uh, sad business. Uh, who knew that I would start the episode off with such depressing news, (laughs) but it it has to be said because I'm not letting life and time just kind of go by without me saying anything about it. No, I can't shut up. I got to put my two cents in. All right. Um, because... God knows I don't have enough time to record everything on Facebook or post everything on Facebook. So, um, plus, I, I can emote a lot more this way. Let me take a little break here. A showbiz uh, segment. The one I recall, the one... It was about, I think it was 2005. Yes, 2005. Um, I had just gone to film school, and I wanted to go to Sundance with a friend of mine. I think we both kind of brought it up. Um, I had a film I was working on, th- on at the time, but it was nowhere near ready. I think it was just in the script writing, proce- uh, script writing uh, process. And uh, but you know, I wanted to go check it out. And um, we ne- we didn't know. I-, I think he knew better than I did, but I thought I'm sure that you had to know somebody to go over there and see the movies and all that. But not really. We came, to, we came to find out that all you really got to do is just get a ticket. I think we found out through the school, actually. Get a ticket and go. Plane ticket, go to Park City, Utah. And uh, and get in line for the movies uh, in Park City there. And, um, you know, they have like a main street in the downtown area, which is going up a hill. And they have like ski uh, like ski slopes right next to it. You can go skiing uh, halfway through downtown, get on a lift, which is pretty funny. I barely knew how to ski at the time. I think I have tried once. I almost broke my leg. Uh, but I like the concept of it, you know, going to see a movie, getting a burger, and then going on a ski lift. But anyway, it was neat because the whole street kind of went up at an angle, so you're kind of like going up this hill, and on each side were all these different theaters. Uh, the Egyptian Theater, um, they had Slam Slam Dance, across to the right, up up the hill, um, big theater there. So the movies that didn't get into those other theaters, they would go to the Slam Dance Theater, and uh, have a premiere. Um, so, I believe, um, somebody that had gone to our, our film school in Michigan. They were having a premiere there that we went to go check out. It was like a crime uh, mystery film. And uh, anyway, I was actually looking to cast or looking to meet some actors that would actually maybe work with me um, on a project. So I was just keeping those possibilities open, you know, just maybe just sharing uh, business cards. and And I did. Some of that did happen. We waited in a line a lot, and here how this is how it goes down. You uh, you get to a movie that you want to see, and if you don't have the tickets, you you know a lot of these tickets you purchase you would purchase through the uh, through the internet or in advance, but we didn't have any of that, so we would just go get in line and hope that someone would give up their seat, and we would be able to get in on those seats and just watch whatever movie. Um, sometimes they had short films, like an, an anthology short films that you could watch. And, uh, we, we would do that. I think we got into like, uh, probably, I don't know, three or four movies, um, at least. But, uh, we would wait in, in line for like, uh, sometimes a couple hours, sometimes not so long, maybe like 40 minutes, half hour, depending on how the line went and, uh, who would cancel. But I remember we saw uh, what was the one the big one that they were premiering uh, that Robert Redford came out for was uh, uh, happy endings um with Lisa Kudrow and uh, Tom Arnold and uh, it was like a comedy with some drama thrown in and it had had to do with like I think a major part of the movie took place in a massage parlor um kind of funny movie. Um, but again, no big, huge hit or anything. I don't see anyone talking about, uh, happy endings, uh, you know, at work or anything like that. It's just kind of an indie movie, really, under the radar, under, under the radar. Um, but yeah, it was cool to see Robert Redford come out and introduce it, you know, see him in person. And, uh, you know, we watched the movie and, and, uh, we, uh, we watched, uh, Strangers with Candy, I think that was the name of it. Hard Candy or Strangers with Candy? I think it was Strangers with Candy. Um, and that was based on a Comedy Central skit of a, a comedian who was like a... She was uh, like an older a woman, like in her 50s or 60s, that was going back to high school to relive her, her teenage years or something. And she had yeah that show for a while. And uh, anyway uh, Stephen Colbert was in the movie, and he was really funny in it, and, uh, this is before, I think this is right when he was doing his, his new show, and, um, we were walking up the street one time, and, um, my buddy Matt said, hey, look, it's Stephen Colbert, and, uh, from the Colbert Report, and, uh, So we kind of stood there and, like, hey, it's like, Stephen Colbert, hey, you're so funny. He's like, thank you. And I think a friend of his came up uh, to talk to us. And uh, this friend was like, it was probably like a producer or a director in the movie or something. And I was wearing this shirt with a phoenix, uh, a fire phoenix on it. And he he said that my, my shirt was on fire. And I'll never forget that. I don't know. It's just something that stands out. And anyway, uh, yeah, you know, and I'm trying to remember what we actually said. I think, uh, we were just talking about the movies we we were seeing in town, and Matt did most of the talking, because Matt was the bigger fan, um, but from what I remember, he was pretty, pretty down to earth, pretty laid back, and we talked for a little bit about what was playing around town, and, you know, I think how, what they expected, uh, what kind of response they expected in the movie and all that, and. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was pretty. It was brief, but it was. I'd say we probably talked for about, I don't know, about a minute, and uh, that was pretty cool. So that that was an, my first uh, brush of a celebrity. Uh, there, we also walked up the street and looked through the window um, to see some interviews going on, and uh, Kevin Bacon was in was in the building through the window. That was pretty neat. Getting interviewed. That was pretty wild. And then uh, I think James Cromwell. Yeah, that's his name. James Cromwell was signing autographs and talking about his movie that he was doing at the time. And a uh, tall tall, good, tall dude. Um, but he's really nice to the fans. Um, a lot of people were talking to him. I think someone came up to him with a script. And he's like, yeah, that's right." he's like. Uh, well, you're going to have to send it to my agent, you know. And, you know, everyone's just throwing scripts all over the place, you know. It's just, You got to go through the channels, you know. But I understand where they're coming from. They just wanna go for it anyway. Um, I'm trying to think of what else oh uh we were we went out one night and we were walking uh by a theater, and there's a big mass of people and Roger Ebert came out of there um being interviewed and talk about one of the movies he saw and I thought that was really neat. I would have liked to talk to him, but he was just mobbed by a big crowd of people, you know. That, that was pretty cool. And then, um, you know, we walked in, well, we were, we went to eat at certain places and uh, we were thinking about like, hey, you know, it would be cool to get into one of these parties somehow, you know, but so many of the parties around town were like you had to know somebody to get in. So it was really tricky um, to to do anything like that. And we were staying like, I think eh, about 40 minutes out of town at his, uh, his relative's place, or a friend of his relative's, or something like that. Um, this is back in 2005, so I'm a little shady with the memory. Um, I do have some of this on video, unedited, which I should really put edit and get out there one of these days. So uh, anyway, uh, I'm trying to think what else happened. I mean, uh, I really like the experience. I've been meaning to go back, but every year it seems like I just don't have the money to do it. But I do want to go back. But I wanted to go back with a movie uh, to promote, but unfortunately that hasn't happened uh, yet. I do have my short, Biology 101, which I guess I could always do, but it's just a short, you know. I did send it to the Ann Arbor Film Festival and I didn't make it in that, but... (sighs) Um, I still want to go forward with that screenplay. I think it's a fun screenplay, Biology 101. But uh, um, other projects are holding me back, but I should uh, just say that with it and keep going with that. You know, I don't know. that That's that's for another podcast, another episode. But let's move on. That's my showbiz minute there. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that happened to Sundance. Oh, we saw the Tabernacle. <laughs> we saw, uh, the lake the salt lake uh, yeah um, it was a great time it was fun and the people we were staying at we really, were great too so looking forward to going back well I had to take the show on the road again yeah I had to take it on the road for this segment um what I just recorded, uh, in the studio, uh, didn't make the cut, didn't make the grade. Uh, it's a shame. I was about, uh, 10 minutes into it and discovered that it it didn't record. uh, There is an error. So, we're just gonna move it along here. Uh, sorry, I tried to keep it all in the studio, but it looks like I had to take it on the road. Um i'm gonna do this segment this is the, the movie segment uh preferably the halloween this is kind of like the halloween show in a way um i've been watching halloween movies um one of the one of the movies i i watched was uh, the evil dead 2 which i had watched i i had watched in parts which uh, i i enjoyed previously um but watching it all the way through on my big uh, big screen projector, surround sound. That was pretty cool. Uh, had a little taco night. I made some tacos, uh, probably for the first time in, in years, and uh, just watched all the uh, "We'll we're, We'll We'll Eat Your Soul." We'll eat your soul, uh, madness. And uh, the beautiful thing in, about that movie—it that really lives up to its reputation of just being just an all-out gory practical effect mostly uh, movie and uh, it's just really creative I mean there's a part of it where this huge humongous head comes in uh, through this the doorway and it's like wow that must have taken months to to create this big demon head coming through this doorway and it's all it's all real it's all practical, and uh, now it was you know I'm, I'm sure people listening to this have, have seen Evil Dead 2 or've heard people talk about it countless countless times but I was impressed I must say watching it from beginning to end that's a great Halloween movie um, another <laughs> another fun Halloween movie was a uh, Halloween three season of the Witch. Which, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty, uh, pretty goofy premise. Uh, the premise is, uh, that there's these, uh, Halloween masks being sold in stores. You know, I can relate to this one once, uh, because uh, I can relate to this because I used to work in a Halloween store for a bit. And, uh, if these masks go on the kids, uh, around Halloween time, they could die. And how could they die? Well, golly, uh, the sensor in the back of the mask will activate the spirit of Stonehenge, and Stone—the power of Stonehenge—will cause snakes to come out of the kid's mouths and insects come out of their. Faces. It's a, it's a bizarre movie. It's a really weird one. Uh, <laughs> Michael Myers is not in it at all. Um, yeah, uh, I shouldn't say that Michael Myers is in it, but he's he's in a movie within a movie, and he, they're watching him on, on on screen on a TV uh, in the movie. Whew. Yeah, there's stories why. They called it uh, Halloween 3 instead of just going a season of the witch. Contra- contractual reasons that I'm not going to go into. You can watch another show, probably DeadPit.com, will tell you that. But uh, or look it up on YouTube. But it, that's a pretty interesting thing in itself. Uh, what I liked about this is that two things. Uh, the guy, uh, the guy that played uh, Michael Huntsacker from uh, Lethal Weapon silver hair silver hair actor I don't I can't recall his name right now but he's the lead in it and uh, he plays a cop of course and uh, he, uh, he ends up uh, betting one of the uh, uh, one of the females in it the, free, the female lead in it and uh, and she's a lot younger and it, it's kind of like it's really the days of rated R let's go for it sex scenes you know and that was kind of funny to watch, because <laughs> um, it's again, you don't see very much uh, nudity in sex scenes anymore if they have them in in in, uh, in films, which is an interesting thing. Um, another thing why I liked it was the jingle. It was uh, they kept saying uh. You know, three more days till Halloween, 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 three more days till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. And they keep playing that commercial again and again and again throughout the whole movie. And it's such a funny, fruity jingle that, again, it's really great because uh, my time working at the Halloween store, there's a lot of cheesy Halloween themed songs, a lot of generic songs, and it perfectly uh, kind of fits right in there with uh cheesy halloween little themes and it beautifully done and, and uh yeah it's just a this a funny movie all around um I, I gotta move on since i'm just doing a few just a few movies to go, touch over um i also watch i had to watch um was um, the one i try to watch every year if i can it's it's uh, with with our with our good friend uh, who calls in all the time, uh, Sir Michael Caine, uh, in the movie uh, the movie The Hand, uh, directed by Oliver Stone, who's who was kind of unknown at the time. And uh, you know what I love about this movie is that they don't shy away from the from the prosthetic effects. And uh, when he loses his hand, it's you know there's a lot of blood all over the place and yeah it's just the beautiful days of non-cg where it's like you it just feels a little bit more real even if it looks still looks fake it's just you know that's really happening you know that his hand is really coming off there's a hilarious scene of spoilers right now but there's a spoilers shot scene where uh he's in the car arguing with his wife michael sir michael kane and uh he uh he, he He tells the woman to, you know, watch your driving and and the the argument escalates because she kind of wants to get a divorce. And uh, there's this crazy driver behind him. And uh, all of a sudden, he sticks his hand out of the car to kind of shoo the other car away. Here comes this uh, semi, of course, (laughs) coming to the opposite direction of where he's waving. And, uh between the semi in front of the, the truck and his, uh, his uh, arm, uh, the arm's gonna lose. Okay? The, the arm hanging outside the window's gonna lose. So, uh, oh, boy. I don't even know if I should answer that. Um, I try not to get calling, in uh, during this part of the show. I try not to take calls. Alright. Well, I'm Oh, I haven't talked to this guy. I haven't talked to him in a while. I guess, I guess it's, it's appropriate, but... Yes, sir. Yes. I heard you talking about my movie The Hand. Yeah, yeah, I'm discussing it right now. Uh, I kind of want to keep discussing it, sir. It's a, it's a masterpiece. Yes, by all means. It, it's the only reason I called into your show tonight. The rest of it's terrible crap. Uh, I heard you... You were in a studio actually professionally recording your voice uh, I was but you know I uh, had technical problems technical difficulties I had to move it uh, to a device to where I could record it on the go yes well that uh, that's that's why you're, you're not making it in showbiz today it's because you just won't be professional you just take it on the road Poor audio quality. Like a damn amateur. Instead of recording in the studio, give it another shot. Sir, look. It, I, don't have the, I don't have the time. I don't have the time, sir. I have a full-time job. Okay, I have to do it when when I get time to do this. I gotta squeeze these shows in when I can But that's how you become a bloody amateur. Don't you understand by now? All your failed comedy attempts. All your failed auditions. This is what's lying underneath. You're afraid. You're afraid to succeed. By spending hours and hours. Perfecting yourself. I wish I had a, a dime. For every time. I went over and rehearsed my lines. Again. And again. And again. In the trailer of the hand. I mean. I'd be a millionaire by night. Well, actually, I am kind of a millionaire, so, yes, it kind of worked out. But every damn day on that set, I had to worry about Oliver Stone saying, well, how are we going to do this? You know, you've you got to choke yourself. Uh, you got to choke yourself for five hours today. I said, Ollie, I can't do it. It's, uh, it's going to give me nightmares. I'm not this kind of man you have me going around doing these crazy things with the hand you know you have my hand Here you have me drawing this sick filth middle finger going at this girl's twat utterly disgusting I don't understand it's giving me nightmares I mean why beat why beat around the bush when I could just stick my middle finger up so, so girl's twat on set you don't have to draw it I said, well, right, right, well, it's part of the hand. It's a subconscious thing. That the hand is in control, not you. I go, oh, I understand. That's why he's Ollie Stone. But uh, anyway, go on to your beautiful review. It's the best thing on the show. Discussing the hand. Yeah, uh, I was actually uh, I was interested in how your hair during the movie it just becomes like Willy Wonka. You know, with a big cyper and said What the fuck? I, you know, it just gets really wonky. It get, you know, your hair goes into full wonka by the end. It's just it's you look like a total insane madman. You look like a villainous person with your hair off road out. Don't you dare. Don't you fucking dare Talk to me about my hair. That was beautiful, There's nothing wrong with that, my stylist, I went to see my stylist every day that shoot, I still do, her name's Edna, and I stick my finger up a twat, that's the payment. Sir, I don't need to know how you pay for things, okay, that's that's between you and her. Well, I just want you to know that uh, sometimes things uh, don't require cash, Uh, I'm good at those things, but uh, yeah, well, you know, Hey, the hair has a mind of its own. What can I say? It's uh, I, I, it's hard getting it just right. It kind It's wavy. It's wavy. It it doesn't really agree which direction it wants to go sometimes. Especially during that film. Look, sir, I uh, Landmare. I appreciate you calling in. It's been a long, long time since we talked, and uh, but I gotta keep it moving here. I gotta keep this a somewhat short show. If I want to get these episodes out. If you're a real man to record for three hours well i guess i'm not gonna have to settle for being a real man because i'd rather get some quantity over quality sometimes so anyway got a christmas show coming up oh boy so uh, yeah i guess that's uh i'm i think that might wrap it up uh for the halloween special here uh at least the halloween special segment um other movies uh that I watched, uh, Night of the Creeps. Well done. Cool crane shots, Fred Decker did Monster Squad. Not a bad little alien zombie film. Um, What else did I watch? I still have some more scary movies on the way. It's probably gonna get me through into Christmas. Uh, But The Hand was a perfect segue to go from, uh, you know, from Halloween to Christmas because Christmas is in the movie and it takes place during that that time. I could talk for another hour about the hand, but i got to keep it moving here, people. Um, oh, Dust Till Dawn. I just watched Dust Till Dawn again. It's been a long time since I watched it. It still holds up. And uh, you know what I love about Dust Till Dawn, I'm watching it on my projector, is that I could still see the graininess in the film that was used. I think Robert Rodriguez maybe used Super 16, or maybe just one 35 mil, but it looks great. It's just something about shooting on film as opposed to video still. You can tell, you can tell. Those crystals in the film are alive, people. Especially when George Clo- George Clooney's cutting through some zombies. Those film crystals are alive. You know, I tell you, that was uh, that was some great stuff. I, it's still such a Lopsided movie because the first half is about him and his brother, and his brother just acts out constantly and uh, misbehaves and does the wrong thing, and it does the exact opposite of what he, Clooney tells him to do. And you know, uh, but it's just that dynamic that that is amazing. And then it and then it goes into full horror uh, at the last uh, you know 40 minutes in uh, in Titty Twister and uh, Cheech. Uh, teach uh, teach Marin is uh it's pretty awesome in that it's, uh you know because he is he is uh having a pussy blowout uh <laughs> i still laugh about that scene he's just coming out in front of the titty twister and uh talking about all kinds of pussy that's such a great scene <laughs> oh boy but yeah Clooney is just he was in great form. He was still kind of, kind of, uh, you know, uh, finishing up on, uh, I think he was still working on ER when he did that movie. And, um, you know, the thing, uh, it gets pretty silly, silly at the end, but uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. The deaths of the vampires in it. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a rewarding film. The last shot in the film is a spoiler right here is at the Titty Twister bar is actually at the top of, a, of like a a Mayan uh a, top of a, a Mayan uh, temple which which is so cool. I just love that they brought the lore in. Um, but uh, I'm going to wrap this little section up. Hope you guys had a great Halloween. I know it's come out way after Halloween, but this is my Halloween show. And Thank you very much. We'll move on to the next section. And uh, I think we'll make this the end of the show. Uh, I hope to do a Christmas episode. I hope that I can make that a reality. Maybe have some guest stars come in. But uh, anyway, thanks for listening. It's been fun to do another in-studio show. Shut up, GPS. (laughs) I love the irony of that. In-studio show as my GPS goes off. Yeah, so, uh, till then, uh, long days, pleasant nights, travelers.